Alabama State Bar Rules require the following language in all attorney communications. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed are greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Um, welcome to Backstory Podcast. I'm Harry Steele, Backwood Southern Lawyer. My partner's uh, Paul Rip of the Rip Report. Uh, how you doing down in Fairhope, Paul? Real good, stirring the pot. There you go. And uh, Rains Russian, uh, Houston Bureau Chief. Rains, what's up in Houston? Well, we hold it down like we do here in Houston. Uh, we're not going to be part of the resurgence. We staying at home. So, so because of the nature of our topic tonight, um, I'm going to turn it over to Rains. And Rains, you're uh, you're running the show, buddy. Go for it. All right. Well, we have created something here in Baldwin County. Um, I was made aware that the uh, sheriff Huey Mack had. Uh, publicly stated on multiple platforms that he refused, outright refused to follow and enforce Governor Ivey's COVID-19 protection protocols and the uh, Alabama Department of Health COVID-19 protection protocols and said he was not going to enforce those because after what he called prayerful consideration and consulting with his deputies, he didn't feel like uh, it was needed or... Um, was fair. And from what I understand, Paul, uh, you had our attorney file on your behalf what's called a writ of mandamus. Um, Harry, real quick, can you give me a 15-second explanation of what a writ of mandamus is? So I can tell you that the uh, – I can tell you what's in my pleading – in the pleading that I prepared for Mr. Rip. No, um, I just for the audience that's listening and paying attention. Well, I'm it's like, it's an it ex, it's an extraordinary remedy, and it's used typically when a judge doesn't follow the law. You can go to a higher court and ask for a writ of mandamus, and the higher court tells the judge you must do this and do it now. So that's typically how it goes. But a writ of mandamus can be asked for uh, on any uh, number of public officials who have a responsibility and refuse to fulfill that responsibility. And Mr. Rip is alleging that the sheriff has such a duty and is not uh, carrying it out. Paul, what are your, what are your main concerns that you had outlined in that filing today? Well, first of all, I was just put off by the fact that the sheriff thought that he had that type of authority and injected himself in this thing when it's a health issue uh, uh, that he would be advocating something like this because, uh, like you said, it violates the health order and the governor's order, but also the attorney general. This is also in violation of what the attorney general said as well. So that's the first thing that grabbed me. And the second thing was uh, I, I agreed with the way that Governor Ivey had uh, broken this up and was going to wait for two more weeks. Uh, I thought that was a very good idea. Uh, now, with a situation like this, where the sheriff is saying he's not going to enforce things like this, let's say hairdressers go out and they say, well, I'm going to open my shop. Okay, you open up your shop. Then the health department comes by and says, hey, 
we told you not to open up. We're going to take your license. So this is going to create a good bit of confusion as well as uh, advocating to people to break the rules, break what we had set up. It was only eight or nine more days here and we would have had a little bit more data. We've been able to look at what was going on. Instead, we're trying to open up the floodgates and the sheriff took the opportunity to make himself uh, uh, the political person to put that out there because this is a political stunt. That's what I consider this to be. It, it really reeks of, I, I, I want to know, Paul, what, what sort of, why do you consider this to be a political stunt? Has the sheriff acted on these sort of uh, political um, agendas in the past? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've had instances like this in the past where the sheriff injected himself into it and so, took so, center stage. So, when so if you were going, if y'all are going off on a tangent, now let, let's think about this. Remember, they were going to build a refugee camp down here in Baldwin County right. and they fueled the jet and him and the tax man and Dorsey all fly up to DC. And I'm going, who in the hell are they going to see? You know what I mean? Right. Said, right. All, all you got to do is pick up the phone and say, Hey man, the, we're not we're, it, just the infrastructure challenges alone. You it's a bad idea. I, I tell you the other thing too, Reigns, that really grates on me is, you know, if anybody went to school, they should know what church and state is. And it just seems to me that every single time anybody political, such as uh, Hoss Mack, what he's doing is he's saying he's injecting faith so where we can all go back to church, so where we can all, you know, uh, get together in church. That's fine. That's fine. But this is not, this is not the platform to be advocating that. That's not what we're doing here. This is a health issue. And I don't believe that, okay, take Fairhope in particular. Fairhope in particular started out uh, about 20 years ago, really looking for retirees. And it went through a cycle there mm -hmm. of uh, maybe 10 years of uh, soliciting, you know, retirees from around the country. Well, guess what? Those people are 15, 20 years older now. And they're the ones in, in, the, in right. harm's way. So um, uh, grandstanding and saying we want everything open and go back to church, everybody does. But that is not his position and not his job. And, and for him, and, and the oh. other thing too, Reigns, is in the manner that he did it. If the sheriff had made a complaint, That'd be one thing. If the sheriff had made a complaint and uh, didn't act on it, that's one thing. But what he did is he wrote to the governor to change it and at the same time said he wasn't going to do what she was ordering him to do. It seems that that is, yeah. that, did it, that is absolutely correct based on the timeline of the communications from the Baldwin County Sheriff's Office. Right. Now, so it's going to... Just to, to just to give our listeners a bit of background, in case they didn't know this, you're a decorated veteran of the Vietnam conflict. Is that correct? Well, I've got campaign ribbons. I wouldn't call it decorated. I served 13 months, two days, and six hours in Vietnam. 
Okay, well, that, I, I say that to, uh, spot on, I say that to quantify without telling everybody that you're actually 105 years old. Um, do you consider yourself and your wife, ex-wife, life partner to be in the age of vulnerable people? Yes, I do, because uh, I had uh, Agent Orange. I lost a kidney. So I have one kidney. I've been, uh, you know, I'm a cancer victim. My soulmate, same way. She uh, has had major uh, cancer issues. So, you know, and we're both, uh, I'm 74, she's 76. So, you know, we're both in that group that has to be considerably more careful about what we're doing. And we're just, you know, we're just two of thousands of people in the county in the same boat. And you live in the county. If you call 911 that somebody's breaking into your house or more likely come over the body of the person that tried to break into my house, uh, who's going to show up? What's the law enforcement agency that's going to show up to protect you? Fairhope Police. Okay. And who are they going to call on for mutual aid and assistance if something gets really hairy? Sheriff's Department. The Baldwin County Sheriff's Department, is that correct? Right. So the Baldwin County Sheriff, is it safe to assume that under Alabama law, the Baldwin County Sheriff's Department is the highest form of law at the county level? <laughs> That's the way it is in Baldwin County. So if the highest level of law enforcement in Baldwin County has the, the, the head of that law enforcement agency has said publicly that they will not enforce laws because they don't agree with them. What does that open up as far as potential goes in your mind? Well, first of all, I would think that the governor uh, and the attorney general would respond because he's defying their orders as well as the health department. So that's the first thing that I would see. The other thing is I would hope that uh, a judge would uh, take action to correct what Mr. What the sheriff has said and say, and, and retract it and say, okay, we're just going to, you know, go with what the governor has already set up and let's go with that, but not encourage people to, you know, be in direct violation. Yeah. Paul, do you know who, uh, what, what comes to mind when I give you the name Lawrence A. Rainey? Lawrence A. Rains? Rainey. <laughs> huh? Lawrence Rainey. He was a sheriff in Neshoba County, Mississippi, right next door to y'all back during the 1960s. He, too, decided that uh, certain laws shouldn't need to be enforced. And if any of our listeners or viewers feel like looking up who Sheriff Lawrence A. Rainey was. He was also a duly elected highest high sheriff of a county in Mississippi that decided that Mississippi laws burning. Didn't, that laws didn't need to be enforced because he didn't agree with them and neither did the people of his constituency. You might read about him in a uh, couple names that go along with it, you know, is uh, Cheney, Goodman, and Schwerner might help you in that Google search. But anyway, so my question is this, Paul, what do you want to see have happen? What do you want to see happen with this writ you've had filed today? Basically corrected on behalf of the sheriff for him to, you know, 
retract what he has done and, you know, advise everybody that he is going to enforce it. He is going to stand behind what the governor and attorney general health department have said and, and not go out bombastically on TV just to get airtime of injecting himself in this. This does not, what he is saying does not involve him. He is saying that people are coming to him and telling him they want to go back to work and they want to go back to church. He is the sheriff. He could listen to him, but he has nothing to do with that at all. I mean, nothing at all. So, you know, somebody needs to slap him on the knuckles, man. This isn't right. Absolutely. Uh, I understand your sentiments on that. Um, should the sheriff be directed by the court in Baldwin County to enforce those laws, do you think that he will abide by that order? Yes. Yes, but I don't know that the court in Baldwin County would do it. That is the scenario that is going to be interesting because it's going to be heard in Baldwin County, but you can be very assured that the governor and the uh, attorney general are going to be well aware of that what's going on. Do you think that it's going to set, uh, when you mentioned the attorney general, do you believe that the attorney general will see this as a possible guidance in the courts? Because right now this isn't a matter of politics or a matter of faith. This is a matter for the courts to decide. Do you believe that the attorney general will see this as some kind of possible foundation for a pathway as to how these things will be enforced, even if it is for only the next 14 to 20 days? Very possibly because now uh, <laughs> there are a couple of other sheriffs in uh, the state that have also gone on the record saying they're not going to enforce it either. I don't know I what actions anyway. Was, uh, I saw that, I, I believe there was the sheriff of Lamar County. St. Clair. Harry, you know who they are? The, the, the counties whose sheriffs have said that? St. Clair. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but see. St. Clair County. The difference, the difference here is, and this is what I want people to understand. I am a not-for-profit consumer association. This is the type of thing that I do. I'm re representing the consumers that think that they need to stay at home right now and that they need to abide by the rules that were set up by the governor, approved by the attorney general, and, and you know, not changed by the sheriff that has nothing to do with it. Paul, do you feel like the impetus of this and the impetus of the issue is about protecting consumers or is it more about ensuring that the law enforcement that you elected that serves and enforces the laws of the state of Alabama does their job? Well, that would be secondary. This is a health issue. This is a health issue. None of us know exactly what is going to happen. We are having to follow the advice of scientists and different people like that. We have a lot of mixed data. We have a lot of questions to ask ourselves. Everybody's frustrated. Everyone wants to go back to work and go back to normal. That's not the question. The secondary thing is that yes, off too, way too often sheriffs and people, this, this, if this action was taken, 
It should have been taken as a request from the county commission to the governor without a demand that if you don't, no matter what you do, we're not going to abide by it anyway. You know, the county commission oh. could have made the request that she re, uh, uh, reduce the time limit. Paul, do you feel like the sheriff was influenced by the county commission to make that statement? No, I think he acted on his own as he usually does. And like I said, this is political grandstanding. That's exactly what this is. And it's political That's grandstanding in the middle of a pandemic and a health issue. Has the sheriff made any announcements in the last year or so about seeking higher office once his term as sheriff ends? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get that, Ryan. Has the sheriff in the last year or more made any intentions clear that he intends to seek a higher elected office in the state of Alabama or elsewhere after his term as sheriff ends? No, this is, I believe, his fourth term. And he was secured in his position uh, several years ago by Senator Tripp Pittman, who rewrote legislation, which was the qualifications for sheriff. And those qualifications barred most people from even running against the uh, present sheriff uh, and fixed the election to where 90 were no longer. Paul froze. Okay. Paul will be back. Uh, I'll wait till he comes back because I want to hear the rest the of it. that he's not going to uphold a police officer or authority. And, and I don't Paul, know. We're going to have we're gonna have to circle back on that because we've lost a lot of your yeah your 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 things messing up so um so reigns I, I did want to go through one little uh what what you might consider boring but what kind of is interesting about the writ of mandamus uh because it is extraordinary yeah, and it is it is used on judges judges are real I'm particular about how people um utilize this law right so you have to have a, a clear legal right in the petitioner to the order sought an imperative duty upon the respondent to perform accompanied by a refusal to do so the lack of another adequate remedy and uh properly invoke the jurisdiction of the court so those were um the the boxes that we had to tick um so that we could uh hopefully uh, uh, get get this writ of mandamus, um, get this order, uh, get this hearing scheduled and uh, get an order out there. And it's like Paul said, um, if he's willing to defy an order from another member of the executive branch, um, maybe he wouldn't be so quick to do that in order from the, from the judicial branch, which of course you understand there are certain penalties for violating a judge's order. Well, that, that's correct. And Harry, as far as judicial procedure goes, what kind of time frame are we looking at for? Right. Risk mandamus are emergencies. And so they should be as, uh, scheduled as soon as possible. And, you know, with the, with the video conferencing that we have, it, it shouldn't be a problem. But, you know, I, that, I have no idea what Judge Jankowski's 
schedule looks like. He he may be slammed for the next two weeks, but I would well, certainly think he could. He would have to. He would have to re- shuffle his schedule in the next several days. I would imagine. Well, uh, do the, does the uh, does the rules of procedure state that there's a there is a dedicated time frame for any emergency writ, or is it all at the judge's discretion as far as hearing? No, it, it's an emergency writ, and he and he does. I, you know, I'm I'm sure they have judges have a rule of thumb. I I, I just don't know what it is. I, I I would assume five days. You know, it would be it would be uh, um, unusual if for him not to set it within the within the next three or four days. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good synopsis of the of the time frame. I guess Paul's resetting his connection, and we'll circle back to him for a minute. Um, Harry, what has has any statements been issued regarding this by the Baldwin County Commission? Oh, I wouldn't. I don't have any idea. I mean, I'm just uh, doing my job. But Reigns, so so let me tell you, um, I e-filed this thing, and um, there's a a video that accompanies it. The the video statement that the sheriff made on Facebook saying he wasn't going to enforce it, and right. I I needed some way to get that to the clerk's office, and I, I called ahead and was put on this uh, thought thought I was on the list so I could get in the to the clerk's office. Um, the the clerk's office was closed from twelve to one. Um, you know there are special rules in place, and I understand that. But when I showed up at one o'clock to go and I it was kind of a pain in the butt because it's on a flash drive and I had to figure out a way to attach a label with this big, long case number on it. So they'd know what it was. So I get to the courthouse. Oh, you, you were supposed to be here at 10 o'clock this morning. So the sheriff's not enforcing the, the order anywhere else except the courthouse. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Are you <laughs> having any Paul's back. All right. So hey, carry on with Paul. Yeah. All right, Paul. Well, it's good to have you back. Did you tell um, your wife to turn Netflix off? Is that what the problem? Uh, she was streaming Minecraft again. Yeah. Dang it. Women. So, Paul, we've almost come full circle with this. And I, I got to say that on behalf of our readers and listeners and viewers, we appreciate you taking a courageous stand to uh, find out and get a judicial determination about, you know, what's uh, the high sheriff of a county and every one of them that's elected will argue that they are the top law enforcement official in any county that they're elected in. What happens when they say, you know what, I dislike this law. I don't agree with it, so I'm not going to enforce it. Paul, are you still? He's gone again. Oh, yeah. no, there he is. Okay. Right. So my question. Right. And 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 like I said, that that is secondary. Go ahead. Go ahead. What precedent does this set statewide if the court of Baldwin County rules against this writ? What 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 do you feel personally? that this does oh i think it paints a horrible picture of uh, of 
what an order represents from the governor and uh, the attorney general and the health department and that uh, a sheriff would be allowed to, uh, you know, just be overpowering in such a thing as this is just not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. He, he is not in the health department and he is not in the public relations department of getting everybody back to work. He is the sheriff and is supposed to be doing the sheriff's work, leaving the rest of this to everybody else. But like well, I said, I really do see this as a consumer thing. It, it seems like this sheriff is, is, even though he's made no intentions clear that he seeks a higher office, he seems deeply embedded in his position. Uh, does, he, does he have to stay sheriff because he's worried about retiring? Paul, as far or, as a precedent, I don't know. We'll see how this one. Ah, you're breaking up on me, Reigns. I, I just heard something about retiring or something. Well, I guess my question is this. This sheriff, and I've never met the man, so I, I couldn't tell you, but you seem to know quite a lot about it. Uh, he seems deeply embedded as sheriff and probably could easily seek another term. What is, is he worried about retiring and living on state retirement? What's is his motivation to stay in office money or power or why, why does he want to, if he's not seeking office, why is he politically grandstanding? Power and politics, power and politics. And right in line with that is our good old boys catalyst. <laughs> I know some people may get tired of hearing that, but that's it. Reigns, well, I can ask you, I can answer your question. The sheriff is a uh, the owner of a private business in Robertsdale, and it's my understanding he don't have any money problems. What Paul? He what business does he own in Robertsdale? He owns um, Mac Funeral Home. And, and we, we've talked about this before because I told you that only the coroner could arrest the sheriff and the damn coroner that just got elected who the sheriff ran is one of his employees at his private business. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You're telling me. I've already told you this, man. You just don't remember. This is about eight you're podcasts ago. You're reminding me that the duly elected sheriff of your county owns the funeral home that employs the chief medical examiner that employs the coroner, the coroner. that's different from a medical examiner he just shows up and says yeah they did is the only person that can elect the sheriff that can, can arrest, arrest the sheriff who is in his direct employ in his private enterprise life so the sheriff of your county and let me get this straight i I'm asking, Paul, the sheriff of your county could possibly stand to benefit financially from more deaths in your county? Is that what I'm learning from this? He's got a funeral home, I would guess so. So the duly elected highest law enforcement official in Baldwin County is openly defying the governor, the attorney general, and the state health department's mandates for prevention of transmission of a pandemic disease. And he also just happens to be the CEO of a funeral home. <laughs> Welcome to Alabama, Baldwin County. <laughs>
Paul, that is probably the greatest and easiest trail for any conspiracy theorist to develop something ridiculous about how the sheriff wants more people to die in Baldwin County so he can make more money. That, that to me sounds, it's, it's almost fantastical, but I'll, I'll leave that by the wayside because that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the sheriff enforcing the law. Uh, my last question for you, I guess, is this. With the, the sheriff that's currently elected and serving, who's decided not to enforce these orders, Paul, do you feel safe in Baldwin County? No. There's also uh, involved with the sheriff's department four separate incidences that are uh, sheriff-related uh, deaths. Uh, three of them, I believe, now have worked their way into court and uh, the general public has no idea what's going on. There's been no report given. Uh, the Sheriff's Department has fought Lanyap on requests for audio tapes on one of the, I mean, uh, the, the uh, camera, uh, vest camera. And um, I do not feel like the Sheriff's Department is transparent at all. And as far as accountability, there can't be any accountability because he's at the top of the ladder. The only one that's going to hold him accountable can be the governor or the attorney general. Or as I see it, or the circuit court of Baldwin County. Correct. Correct. Which is where Correct. you filed it. Yeah. Correct. Paul, you Correct. feel like as a, as a person of your age, your gender, your ethnicity, would you feel comfortable walking up to the courthouse steps with a, Weapon, uh, extra magazines, body armor, and whatnot to protest the sheriff's statements. God, no. That, your answer to that is hell no, Paul Rip. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hell no. There you, you go. Absolutely not. Well, that's good. Let's hope a lot of other people share the same fear and don't get into all that nonsense. Paul, I appreciate you all taking right. questions today. Um, I think the, the people that watch and the people that listen can probably figure out where you're going with it. You've been, uh, you've been uh, extremely informative and, and forthwith and transparent with your intentions. Um, I agree then, and that I hope that uh, the court rules that um, the sheriff must enforce the law, whether they agree with it or not, because I hate to say it, but we have been down that road in the American South too many times and Absolutely. we have history repeat itself again. Right. The law is the law. The sheriff's job is the law and nothing else. And I'll stand on my somebody's coffee table in my cowboy boots and state that to anybody. So uh, just an update, uh, 1,311 cases of COVID-19 in Mobile County. We're up from a uh, seven thousand on Friday. We're at eighty six hundred. It's Wednesday. Um, we had six thousand more cases in Texas today. Well, um, see, that's the that's the other part too, Harry. Is that twenty three states? I mean, uh, Alabama has not complied with the uh, president's order. Uh, we're not in compliance with that. Uh, now we're not going to be in compliance with the uh, governor's order either, you know? 
Well, like Apparently you said, I, I don't. It's it's that's a that's a political question, and not a law enforcement question. And people that are in law enforcement, they need to be hashing out what the priorities for for law enforcement, not for churches and hair salons and bars and funeral homes in their county. Right. Um, 23 states have seen an increase this, this week, um, and they're empty meat shelves, uh, because the processing plants have 5,000 employees who, inf <laughs> who tested positive for COVID-19 at 115 different plants in 19 different states. Guess wow. why rains? Cause they all ride to get, they're all Mexicans and they all ride the same bus to the plant. Right. You know, you know, from wherever they live in there and back. It's not the plant. It's not where they're getting it. It's the transportation to and from the plant. You know, 80 people crammed into a bus. Yep. Well, it's, I tell you something else that I thought about, uh, Harry. Of course, this is not. She's on. She's, she's looking at. Uh, she's DVRing something right now. <laughs> So, Reigns, I have a philosophical question for you. This is going to absolutely change how we live. And so the, the social distance thing is going to be weird, right? So how close does somebody – how close are you going to let somebody else's toddler get to you in the grocery store line before you, like, kick at them? And, I, and will I, that ever be socially acceptable to kick at a toddler that's not I, yours? Look, I'm I'm very comfortable being that jerk that says, "Hey, buddy, back off." <laughs> I've been living that way all my life. I don't really care. And and when it comes down to my health and my family's health, I run out of give a shit about 44 days ago. I got so you. So I'm telling you right now, I don't care what's around me. You stay back from me and my family. But I'm also taking a great deal of responsibility with that, and I'm not putting my family in those situations where I have have to be confrontational. I'm avoiding that as much as humanly possible through through constant and diligent protocols that I have here at home and protocols that I have when I move in public. My wife and son do not leave this house. I take care of everything. I take the deliveries. I pick up the groceries. I pick up the prescriptions and that's it. We hadn't gone out. We hadn't gone to friend's house. We hadn't been out going to the beach or anything else. I don't want to be confrontational, but am I capable of it? Absolutely. Am I sure. resolute? Absolutely. But I avoid situations as much as possible where I would have to be confrontational because I am an asshole, but I don't want to be the asshole that ruins your day. <laughs> I understand. All right, guys. Um, we'll, Mr. Rip, I'll keep you informed when I when I am uh, made aware of the date and time of the hearing. You will be the first to know. Um, okay. We will. Uh, are we? I guess we'll reconvene on Friday, same bad time. Yeah. What do y'all say? We ought to have some news by Friday. I sure hope so. Um, all right, guys. Well, I will see y'all next time. Um, I certainly appreciate y'all participating. Okay. Everybody, be safe and listen to the governor. And I can't find a seconder usually when I look like this, but I don't care. I don't need a seconder. My only well, good morning.
this is Sheriff Mack with the Baldwin County Sheriff's Office. Coming to you as we start the beginning of this week to give you a little update uh, from the Sheriff's Office and what all we have going on. First of all, I'd like to remind everybody that this is Corrections Officer Appreciation Week, a week that was set aside by President Ronald Reagan many years ago to recognize the contribution to our criminal justice system that our corrections and jail officers make every day. So I would encourage you to keep our corrections officers in your prayers. If you happen to see one around our jail in Baymanette, uh, give them a wave, honk your horn, uh, let them know that you, you care for them and that you t thank them. Our corrections officers are such a very integral part of our system. They just don't guard our inmates, but they take care of our inmates. And of course, part of that is serving our inmate families and different ones that have done nothing wrong. Uh, but trying to work with them and make sure we provide a safe corrections environment. And I'd like to say that uh, actually two years ago, uh, the Baldwin County Sheriff's Office actually became only the second uh, county jail in the state of Alabama to receive a national accreditation. And that is really a great attribute to the men and women of the Baldwin County Sheriff's Corrections Center. So thank you, all of you, for your service. As you know, uh, county offices opened yesterday. Uh, we're still under the governor's order uh, until at least May the 15th, but Baldwin County made the decision to go ahead and open our county offices. Our probate offices were open. Revenue commissioner's office was open. I can report to you that things went very well yesterday. Uh, everybody was very respectful. Uh, as you know, if you're coming to the probate office to renew your tag or to take up an issue with them, you have to call and make an appointment. Uh, I think we're going to see an increased volume there, and things are going very well with that process. Our sheriff's offices were open. You can now renew uh, your concealed carry permit at our offices. Uh, you can come in. Uh, we are practicing uh, social distancing, uh, only allowing one person in the lobby at the time, but you can get that there, as you can also continue to get your permit through the mail as well if you would like to do that. As you know, the, as I said, the governor's order is still in effect. Uh, yesterday, uh, after a lot of uh, prayerful consideration and talking to a lot of people in our community, I wrote a letter to Governor Ivey, and I stated in that letter that it's time. It's time to modify the order, and it's time to lift the order on our businesses. It's time to lift the order uh, on our religious institutions and allow everybody to get back to meeting and get back to business. You know, I'm confident in the people of Baldwin County and the people of Alabama have proven themselves that they have taken this issue seriously, that they are going to take uh, all the recommendations, and we know that there's going to be recommendations. We know that there's going to be some restrictions as we go on through this pandemic, such things as wearing protective masks or practicing social distancing or even perhaps limiting uh, the number of large groups or people that can be in one location. But that responsibility should lie with the people. That responsibility should lie with each business and with each religious institution. And so I wrote a letter yesterday asking Governor Ivey to immediately modify her current order and allow Alabamians to go back to work and to go back to worship. I think this is important to our community. In that spirit, uh, I've also, uh, in consultation with my deputy sheriffs and uh, other law enforcement, uh, I have also added that while we will continue to notify businesses uh, if they are in violation of the governor's order, 
we'll notify them that the governor's order is still in place because there are other institutions out there that are a part of this. There's the health department and there are many regulatory agencies outside of the sheriff's office that uh, have a say in the enforcement of that rule. But the sheriff's office will not take any law enforcement action on those businesses or on those religious institutions that are wanting to meet and wanting to get back to business. To deny an order is just to deny it. But what we really need to do is we need to ask the governor to change the order. Uh, we need to ask her to lift this order, allow Alabamians to get back to work and to get back to collective worship. I think that's gonna make the biggest difference as we go through this together. So thank you, God bless. Uh, we appreciate your support for the Sheriff's Office. And remember, this is Corrections Officers Week and say a prayer for them or thank them for their service. Have a good day.